Amen. So I can see that Paul did what the Bible said. He that finds a wife, that is a good thing. Amen. Amen. I don't know if she'd be too happy being called a thing or not, but uh, <laughs> that's the Bible term. <laughs> that's the Bible term. But it's great to be with all of you today and uh, great to see people that we have not seen here before. And we trust that God will continue to add to this congregation because in adding to this congregation, God is also uh, adding to his great kingdom, his great church. Amen. 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 Praise God. God bless you. I just uh, 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 want to ask your forgiveness, first of all, if you're offended this morning that I do not have a tie on. Uh, it's just it's kind of been my habit recently. I wouldn't expect him to preach, but... Uh, Maybe I can do that without a tie. Let's try it, huh? <laughs> Amen. And in the Philippines, they have some kind of very decorative shirts that they use, and they just don't use ties at all, according yeah. to what I understand. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful idea. <laughs> just a wonderful idea. Open your Bible with me this morning, please, to the book of Ezra. To the book of Ezra, the seventh chapter. Uh, this passage of scripture has been brought to forcibly to my attention by the Lord this week. Uh, I do not have uh, notes here with me today. I was not actually uh, thinking about preaching this morning. But I believe that the Lord will help us and will help me to transmit to you a, some thoughts that may be a blessing in your life. Amen. I have one goal and in life, and that is not to be blessed, but to be a blessing. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And that has to be the attitude that particularly we in the ministry must have, is to desire to serve those that God has placed under our ministry, whether it's as this morning a visiting minister or whether it is as a pastor of a local assembly. Amen. So we are in the book of Ezra, chapter 7. I want to read two verses of scripture this morning, verses 9 and verse 10. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the first month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Amen. Back in the Old Testament with a very, very profound thought and meaning this morning. And let us pray and ask God to bless his word to our hearts. Lord Jesus, today, God, ask you, you again to Thank bless you your word Lord. to you the hearts of these who have set their yeah. hearts and minds to serve you and to please you with the life they live. Bless them with your word today, O God. And we will give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to give you just a little historical background this morning for the passage of Scripture that we have read. It uh, was that Israel had been unfaithful to God, really, really unfaithful to God. 
Even though God had done so much for them, had delivered them from Egypt and the the bond of the, their taskmasters, uh, they uh, just always had this tendency to uh, want to be like the nations around them and serve the gods of the nations around them. Gods that were made of stone and wood and other uh, natural items of that nature. And God was always punishing them. And, and we read in the book of Judges how that Israel served God, backslid, served God, backslid. God gave them another judge. They returned to serving God. And it was just that, that up and down uh, roller coaster of serving God and being disobedient. Now we have come now to a time in their history where the, uh, the, 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 the time of the kings had basically passed. David was long deceased, as was Solomon, and as was Saul, and all of the others. And Israel had disobeyed God, even though God sent his prophets to them to warn them, if you don't change your ways, uh, great persecution and punishment is going to come. They did not ignore, they did not uh, give heed, that is, and ignored the voice of those prophets. And finally, God's message to them was fulfilled, and they were drunk off into captivity for a period of 70 years. That is, basically, two or three generations would live in a regime of, uh, of, of slavery, and their children would be raised in a country that was given to idolatrous worship. But the 70 years had now come to its fulfillment, and God was now preparing to return his people to their land and to uh, their faith and to uh, their temple, which had been destroyed, but which would be rebuilt, as would the walls around Jerusalem. Uh, there's just a lot involved in all of this. But... I want us to understand that uh, Ezra was the chosen servant of God who would be able to lead those people back to the land that he had given them. Yeah. Now, I want us to uh, pay very special attention today to four different things that are mentioned to us in the 10th verse of the passage that I have read. And I consider these, these four items as being very, very important in the life of any Christian. Now, number one, it tells us in the very first words of verse number 10, for Ezra had prepared his heart. That is so important. Ezra had yeah. prepared his heart. Yeah, amen. Amen. It was not that he waited until they were ready to leave. Oh, I got to get ready. I got to get prepared. No. Ezra had been for a long time preparing his heart for a work that he really didn't know what it was going to be, but knew that he was going to be a servant of God. And so he prepared his heart. Yeah, yeah. I want us to notice some things that sometimes we pass over. Ezra prepared his heart. He felt responsible for the preparation of his own heart. Yeah. So many times people tend to depend on their pastor. Oh, he's going to help me get ready. No, you've got to prepare your own heart. Right. Come on. Well, I'm going to depend on my Sunday school teacher. No, 
That is not how it's going to happen. You're going to have to prepare your own heart. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to wait till that big meeting in Bakersfield, and then I'm going to get ready. No, you've got to prepare your own heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And preparation is, is not uh, a, a slothful business. Preparation is a very intense business. And we must give great attention to the preparation of our hearts for what is to come in the future. When is the Lord going to come? I don't know. But I know one thing, that I must prepare my heart today and tomorrow and every day of this week uh, and every month of this year and the year to come until the Lord comes. I've got to prepare my heart. How do I prepare my heart? I prepare my heart through prayer. Uh, prayer is such an important and vital part of the Christian life. Yes, sir. Unhappily, there are so many people who do not practice prayer. They do not involve themselves in prayer other than perhaps corporate prayer in the church. But prayer should be an individual communication with God right. in the yeah. privacy of our own homes, in your yeah. bedroom, or wherever it is that you would choose to pray in your home. Uh, that is a part of the preparation uh, that is necessary to walk with God. Yep. Right. Amen? Amen. Now, I mentioned already this morning, so happy for uh, my brother Paul, who has found a good thing. Amen. <laughs> uh, I am certain that he has uh, adequately prepared himself for this, this uh, relationship that is so important to all of we human beings. And I mentioned to him and his wife this morning that uh, we have now been able to celebrate 57 years of marriage. Wow. Uh, have you got a big... More, more years of marriage than us? Uh, about 40, 40 something. 40 something, okay. So, um, not young man. <laughs> I asked you to greet me. He said, hello, young man. I said, uh, are you blind? <laughs> but uh, God has blessed us. But uh, to, to, to make this relationship work, we've got to communicate. Yes, sir. We, we can't live in our house in silence. We've got to communicate. Yes, sir. We've got to communicate a lot of different things. Yeah. That can be a communication of our love one for another. It can be our uh, communication of maybe those things that are upsetting us just a little bit. But we endeavor to communicate. We share our burdens one with another. We share our fears one with another. And that is how we've got to have a relationship with God. Yeah. There has got to be a total honest relationship with God through prayer that will, uh, that will bind us together with God. Hallelujah. Amen. And Amen. cause us to actually be prepared in our heart for what God wants of us. Yeah. It's not important what I want. It's important what God wants. Yeah. And if you will look back on the Lord's prayer, in Matthew and Luke, you will see that it says, Our Father which art in heaven, thy will be done. In earth as in heaven. Yeah. Praise God, yes. And Jesus, when he went to the garden to pray, and what a difficult thing it was for his flesh to become 
totally submitted to the will of God, to the will of the Spirit. And it took him three times going into that intense prayer. And he said, finally, not as I will, but as thou will. And that is a part of prayer. Some people come to God and it's only a, a gimme, 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 gimme. I want this, I want that, I want something else. But our, our prayers must be uh, a submission to God. Yes. And saying, God, I want your will to be worked in my life. I want what you want me to have. I want to be what you want me to be. Yes. Ezra prepared yes. himself for a work, a very important work. What is it that God wants you to do? I don't know. And maybe at this point, neither do you. But if you will prepare your heart, when the right moment comes, Amen. God will have a prepared servant yes. to do his work. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We must be prepared for the coming of the Lord. And that is not something that you can leave to the last moment. Because you do not know and you will not ever know when that last moment is. For in the moment, in the twinkling of eye, the trump will sound, sound, and the Lord will appear. And those that are prepared, their hearts will be out of here, gone, raptured, to be eternally with the Lord. And so our preparation must be a preparation that is daily so that we are ready to go when the Lord shall call us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That preparation can also come through the reading of God's Word. How are you going to ever know what God's will is in your life if you do not read the Word of God? How are you going to know what is right and wrong if you do not read the Word of God? Amen. That's, That's this is God's instruction book to us. Amen. Yes. Amen. David uh, David said in Psalms 119:11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against Thee. Uh, David Great. must have been a little bit dilatory in that particular uh, spiritual work because he failed the Lord so greatly uh, in an adulterous relationship. Uh, in ordering the death of a man and, and, and all of that. And so now he comes toward the end of his life and writing this psalm, he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Right. Praise God. Amen. How are you not going to sin against the Lord? By having God's word hidden in your hearts. Amen. In your heart. By knowing what is right and what is wrong. You can't get that out in society. You're not going to get that in some school or college situation. You're not going to get that on the news channel. You're only only going to get this type of of God-pleasing instruction when you go into God's Word and read it and ask God by the power of His Holy Spirit to engrave it on your heart so that at any moment when you are tempted to do what is wrong... No, the Holy Ghost pricks your heart uh, and says, that's not right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. My wife brought to my attention some time back, and I have uh, endeavored to use this. But in the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 28 and verse 20, we find uh, some very important words. 
this, of course, is after the command to go and preach and teach and uh, be among all nations. And then it says, commanding them to do whatsoever I've taught you. Right. And my wife brought to my attention the fact, what did Jesus teach? I'm not going to embarrass you today, but I am very confident today that if I ask you what Jesus commanded in his teaching, that some of you would kind of be looking at me with your mouth hanging open and uh, I don't know. Well, the reason that we don't know and the reason that many others don't know is because they have not read the Word. I gave that particular assignment to a class of Life of Christ. I said, uh, over the next four months, I want you to bring me a list every month uh, of at least five things that Jesus taught. And they came back after one month and nobody had a list. Uh, come on, people. Come on. If you will just read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you can probably get 20 or 25 things right there that Jesus taught us that we need to do. Right. Amen. Amen. It is not some kind of a hidden mystery. But if we will read God's Word and couple that with our prayers, we will be inspired of God to understand that Word, and we will have it engraved in our hearts in a way that will bless us. Yeah. Bless you. Make you feel happy? No. Bless you with a godly direction in your life. Yes. With sometimes yes. a, a sharp pinprick. Yes. Or maybe a sword prick. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That will keep you on the true path with God. It, it, is, it is sad really for my wife and I sometimes to uh, look back over the history of our, our life in the ministry and to see so many people that failed God see so many people that are not serving God today see so many people who today are not ready for the rapture of the church and why are they not rap ready rapture ready because they are not preparing themselves. They are not reading the Word. The Word of God is not important to them. And so they tend to uh, submit to the form of the world and to the passions of this world. And if the Lord should come today, they're not ready. They're not going. Yeah. And that to us is sad. Yeah. When I have stood behind the pulpit so many hundreds of times and endeavored to encourage people to really get into God's Word and to learn it uh, and to allow it to become a very important and vital part of their lives. Amen. Now, I want to share with you a third part of this preparation that I feel is very important also, and that is the matter of fasting. And perhaps I'm going to say something to you today that is going to be perhaps a little bit shocking. I don't know because I don't know all of you that well and your particular, uh, uh, what should I say, uh, belief uh, system. But fasting is not for what many people think that fasting is for. Right. Right. They think that fasting is to somehow, in the moment of great need, convince God to give them what they want and need. Right. That's right. wrong. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Fasting is for you yes. to uh, turn loose of your natural That's desire to eat Amen. 
and in that way dominate your own flesh and your own desires yes, yes. that you may submit yourself to God. Yeah. If fasting were to convince God to do something for us, uh, then I guess there are other religions that would be better than ours. Uh, they slept on a bed of nails, and uh, they, uh, in Brazil we saw this, they crawl up a, 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 a long staircase that has 365 stone steps, uh, and at certain times those steps uh, are covered with broken and, and crushed glass, and they go up there on their knees uh, thinking that this penance uh, is going to uh, award them with what they want from God. That, that's not what it's all about. It's not about us punishing our bodies to endeavor to convince God to do something for us. Yeah. Let us put in our minds once and for all that God is sovereign. Yes. God is sovereign. He is the great God. He will do what he wants to do, if he wants to do it, and when he wants to do it. Amen. All right? Amen. Fasting is important because as we fast, uh, we turn loose of all of our uh, carnal uh, desires and also our carnal needs because we do need food. To endeavor to focus our minds on God and His will. I don't know what all that Ezra uh, involved himself in. But I am very certain that it involved these three things that I have mentioned to you already this morning. Yeah. Prayer and the reading of God's Word yes. and fasting. Because we understand from reading God's Word that these were common, habitual things that God's people practiced when they were endeavoring to serve God. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to mention the second thing this morning, and I am going to try... And hurry along here. And uh, <clears throat> all right, now he wanted to uh, to seek what? To seek what? You're looking at the Paul. What does it say? The law of the Lord. The law of the Lord. <clears throat> I look at and say, "Don't talk to me about law." <laughs> right? That's true. I don't like laws. Laws restrict me. I can't do everything I want because of laws. I just want to give you one example this morning. Can you imagine what chaos we would have in our cities here if we didn't have the laws of in, on the highways? Wouldn't that be a mess? Go up whatever side of the road you want, drive however fast you want to, you know, just do whatever you want. But there are laws. Now the Bible talks to us about the perfect law of liberty. Thank you. The perfect law of liberty. Law, whether you want to believe it or not, brings liberty. And the law of God brings liberty. Yes, sir. I see all of these people in the world and read about all of these people in the world that, that uh, uh, are lawless people. Yeah. And what is the end of all of their lawlessness? Uh, it's death, it's punishment, it, it, it's a disastrous life because they're lawless. 
But we who live according to the laws of our nation, we who live according to the laws of our God, we live in peace, we live a harmonious life. So let us not dispense with law. And Ezra uh, placed himself at God's disposition to seek his law, to find out what his law said. And then it comes to the third part. All right? The third part in verse 10. What does it say? <laughs> Thank you. Not only to prepare his heart, but to prepare his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. What happens if you go out on Interstate 5 and you say, I'm in a hurry today, I'm i got to get where I need to go. You start driving about 85, 90 miles an hour. Um, something very disagreeable is going to happen. There's going to be some blue lights are going to come on. And you're going to get shut down. And they're going to write you a ticket. And, oh, my. Man, that's a hundred and some dollars. That's just the beginning. And then your insurance is going to go up for three years. That's going to be a pretty severe punishment for breaking the law, for being in too big of a hurry. All right? So it is not only having a knowledge of law, but it is to obey it. It is to do the law of the Lord. That's what's got to happen. Amen? Yes, sir. So today as we drove down here, I got in the middle lane and set my cruise control at about 67. And hey, I don't care if there's a cop alongside the highway. I'm not worried about that because I'm within the law. I don't have to fear God. God becomes my friend. God becomes my close companion. Yes. Why? Because I have put my heart, prepared my heart, that is, to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Yes. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. And so this is so important for each one of us as we endeavor to traverse life, to traverse this Christian pathway. We prepare our heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. All right? Now, there's one additional thing that I want to bring to your attention this morning, and I think this is very important. I understand perfectly that God gave me a special call into the ministry. And God has helped me over these, uh, what is it, 56 years, I guess, Linda, huh? That we have been in the ministry. To not only follow the law of the Lord for myself, but to teach it. Yes. To teach it to my family. To teach it to my friends. To teach it to those who attend the church that I pastor. Amen? We've got to teach it. It's got to be so in our hearts. It's got to become such a vital and intense part of our being and of our existence. Yes. That we are able with great ability through the anointing of the Holy Ghost to teach God's Word to others and see their lives also changed by the power of God's Word and His Spirit that moves upon His Word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ezra was not just content in preparing his own heart 
not just content in seeking the law of the Lord for himself. Uh, amen? Yeah. Not content in obeying God's law for himself, but he wanted to teach it to others so that he could have the joy of seeing others also obey God and be in adherence to God's laws and enjoy all of the blessings that God wanted them to enjoy. Four very important things that ought to be a part of your life and mine. And so you can say, well, I'm young. I'm too young to be able to teach anybody else. Really? Really? I think you could be anointed by the Holy Ghost to offer a word of wisdom beyond your years. Because God can move upon you to help you to teach others. To help you to save others from the wrath that is to come. Amen? Praise God. Let's not sell ourselves short of what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. And so let's remember today, what's the first thing we must do? Prepare our hearts. I have the responsibility to prepare my heart. And I'm not boasting this morning. I'm just stating a fact. That's why I got up early this morning and went to my place, my usual customary place of prayer. And there I talked with God. And there God talked with me. And that was my preparation of my heart for today. Amen? Yes. I need to do that again tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Prayer has got to be an important part of my life every day because I need to have a prepared heart because I don't know when the Lord is going to come. That's right. Amen. 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 I cannot have a resistant heart toward the laws of God. I've got to have a heart that is given to obedience. A lot of people like to look back on the story of Adam and Eve and say, well, what kind of fruit did they eat? I don't know. They want to call this thing here the Adam's apple. Well, I don't know whether. They say that when he went to eat it, that a part of it got stuck in here, and that's why we have that little (laughs) deal that goes up and down. I don't think it was an apple. I don't think it was an orange. I don't care what kind of fruit it was. And it doesn't make any difference what kind of fruit it was. And there's no sense trying to make a long study to try and determine what kind of fruit it was. Because the sin was not actually the, 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 the eating of a certain fruit. The sin was disobedience to God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what God punishes. So as we put our hearts to uh, prepare our hearts... Uh, and to seek after God's law, that law is not going to avail of of any benefit whatsoever unless we obey that law. Amen? Amen. And the word disobedience is used so frequently through Scripture that we do come to understand the importance of obedience to God and His Word. Amen? Amen. 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 Prepare our hearts. Seek the law of the Lord. Yes, Lord. And purpose in our hearts that we are going to do that that God has established in His Word and in our hearts through the action of His Holy Spirit upon us. So good. Thank you, Jesus. And to say somehow or the other, I have got to share this with others. Yes. I have got to teach others. The law of the Lord. 
Why all of this chaos in our nation? Why all of these things that are happening in our nation? I, I have never seen such a disruptive political uh, environment in our country in all the years that I have lived. It's horrible. But we kicked God out of the schools, took the Ten Commandments out of the out of the courthouse. Yeah. We don't allow the Ten Commandments to be put up in the public square. Well, what do we expect? What do we think is going to happen when we have abandoned the late laws of the Lord? Yeah. And I hope that somehow we can get back to the place where God's laws can be taught everywhere, yeah. everywhere. With liberty. They can have liberty because whom the sun sets free yes, sir. is free indeed. Amen. 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 Praise, Amen. Lord. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. I hope Amen. that God can help you to come to the place where you can read God's word and you can feel the anointing of God's word as I do so free. And all of that, oh my, I never thought about that before. Uh, is that because you're an intelligent person? No. It's because God's Spirit moved upon you. And it was revealed to you something that's been in God's Word all along. But you needed that for that day or that week or that month or whatever. Yeah. And God can do that in your life. Amen. But you've got to set your heart to seek the Lord. Yes, Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, this morning we, oh, we love you. have come together in this place, Lord, to worship you in song and in word, and with, the, with our tithes and with our offerings, and we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to gather together in this way to be able, Lord, to worship you in so many, many different ways. Now, Lord, we have looked into your word today, and we have found there a great message that is so vital for our hearts today. Oh, God, may there somehow be a moving of your Holy Spirit upon different people in this congregation this morning that will purpose in their hearts that they're going to change their way of living. They're going to do things different from this day forward. They're going to set their